0: So hello there and welcome to Season 5, Episode 3 of the Bitcoin Takeover Podcast. I am Vlad and my guest today is Javier Bastardo. I'm not sure if that's his last name or it's a made-up Twitter name, but it's funny. Javier the Bastard, I think, it would be translated in English. But I also have to say this before I let Javier introduce himself. Hola Javier y bienvenidos al podcast. Espero que... Disfrute de su tiempo aquí mientras hablamos de seguridad. Excelente español, Vlad. Thanks for having me, my friend.
1: Uh, It's a great pleasure to be on on your podcast. So
0: let's do this. Let's talk about security. Oh, yes. You live in Venezuela, so I guess that's a whole different story as opposed to what listeners of this show are usually accustomed to
1: yes maybe people don't think in bitcoin as we do here and obviously they don't have to face the kind of troubles that we have in venezuela so maybe you can find these living
0: dystopias useful in some way (laughs) why do you call it a living dystopia what is it like to be a Bitcoiner there?
1: Well, as you may imagine we don't have enough money to buy Bitcoin, so the people that is involved in Bitcoin is isn't the people that have uh to work that have to work for believers, earning believers, so miners, maybe traders and that kind of people are a really little minority of the country. So the obviously the masses doesn't use this, but the, the other kind of people that find Bitcoin as a tool to well avoid the depreciation of the Bolivar are well struggling with the same issues that everybody so we don't have a good water service we don't have a good electricity service we have poor internet connections but we are learning about Bitcoin. I, I think that not everybody that Use or knows about Bitcoin is a uh, rich people. That's my case I, i'm I work as a freelancer, as a journalist, but I'm a freelancer, and you know it's very weird to know about uh, new technology, this new economic paradigm. But in the same time, living without water and can't take a shower. And, you know, that's why I'm thinking in this like a kind of this topic.
0: Yeah, I get it. And I feel like I should have mentioned this in the introduction. You are a writer or escribiendo for Cointelegraph in Spanish. So in a sense, there is some intersection between what we do. And it's interesting, though, because I'm not going to ask you directly if you get paid in Bitcoin, because that's none of my affair. But the fact that you get involved in the space, I guess, puts you in a position where you hedge yourself against the inflation that the Central Bank of Venezuela does with the Bolivar and also keeps you away and keeps you informed against that shitcoin that your government has created which i think is called the petro yes that's
1: it that is its name and yeah i'm i'm kind of out of the control of the central bank of venezuela and maybe i'm learning a new way to use bitcoin Besides the main use case that many people in the first world seems in it, that is uh, speculation, trading, or lo- long-term investment, I'm earning Bitcoin. Uh, I'm I'm open saying that, but I lost the keys, so <laughs> I can't use them. And, you know, mm, the main problem is that as you can avoid the depreciation of the Bolivar and can avoid the hyperinflation, people, uh, like, they see you as a rich guy, like, like as you have much money, like, this technology is a thing for the elites here, and. If you are not part of a rich family or an old enterprise, people will call you enchufado. Like, is a word that describes a person that is near to the power and is getting favors to make money because they are involved with the government. And we are not that, so... It's kind of strange, but as, a, as Bitcoin is not that big yet here, so not many people knows about that. So we, we can still have a low profile in the main
0: life that we have here. It's funny that you mentioned that you have lost your keys. Actually, it's unfortunate, not funny. There's nothing funny about it. Because I've also had one of the SD drives, SSD drives that I was running Bitcoin Core on one of them, and it got burnt. And there was no way for me to recover the data. And I didn't store any backups. So that's how I also lost my Bitcoins. And they're forever gone. So... You're welcome, whoever is a hodler, and the supply of circulating Bitcoins has been reduced. And also in regards to that elite that is close to the government, we used to call it nomenclatura here in Romania. Nomenclature, I think, is the word in English. With this privileged class, which is close to the government and has insider information, and they are able to access resources before everyone else. So they always have an advantage when it comes to buying real estate and owning property. And even to the fundamental goods and services that are required to make a decent living, they have access to them first. Are you still there? Yeah, I'm still there. I
1: lost you when you said they they have access to the first and it went down.
0: Right. So uh, I said that we also had during the communist times of our country, this privileged class. And I think that to this day, their nephews and their sons still have some sort of advantage as when you have a transition after an authoritarian regime, it's not a complete clean slate. It's not like people start over so politically, it's always complicated with wealth distribution, and it's not always fair to the extent that if you own something and it was confiscated by your government fifty years ago or a hundred years ago, you get it back. It's a lot more complicated than that, and whoever is in the position to take back resources and has political influence will most likely do it and that's unfortunate and I suppose that's one of the reasons why we got into this bitcoin invention right I think
1: that I have a good comment on this because as you may know the first president of this shit sorry it was Hugo Chavez and the, that fucker died and then we have Maduro that is a kind of uh, heresy. He's uh, receiving the power because he's a son of Chavez and this kind of bullshit. And the family of Chavez, his daughters, his near nearest family are rich people today. And they have a lot of money and nurses that Take care of him where he was sick, have a tongue of money, and a tongue of properties out of here, so what are you saying that is a consequence of the communism socialism regimes we are living it we are We know people that is rich because of being part of the nomenclatura and, and cryptocurrencies are really associated with this kind of people. Uh, cryptocurrencies are associated with the enchufados, with people that can uh, use the cheap electricity to mine Bitcoin or some cheat coins and stuff like that. Um, people like is um, making gains on the crisis even With the fact that Bitcoin is not exactly for that, but it's useful in that way too. But I I think that I'm feeling in my life, what are you talking right now?
0: Yeah, and I don't think it will ever get better, but at least we get this technological chance to avoid being subjected to the central banking decisions. I think that's a fundamental advantage that our generation has and I know it's risky but sometimes it's a lot riskier to deal with the government and you know how inflation can actually damage the value of your money and I suppose Venezuela is nowadays a pretty stereotypical example of the damage of inflation. I've seen lots of pictures with money being thrown on the streets and my question for you now is do you ever feel threatened in a physical way because you have exposed your identity and some people know that you own bitcoin don't you fear that they might attack you or try to extort the keys from you as I arrived to
1: bitcoin in a late date I'm involved in bitcoin since January uh, 2017 and since that i i think that i'm not yet that exposed because i don't see that many people in the mainstream knows anything about me but as we are developed developing a a new project, uh, an educational project here that is named uh, Satoshi in Venezuela. We are making some travels to other cities besides Caracas, so we were in Barquisimeto, in San Felipe, in Valencia, in Maracay, and in that last city, we, we were in others, but in Marrakine in especially. Uh, I was talking about money and money issues before introduced people to Bitcoin. And that day I I can't remember exactly what what was the, the news that Maduro gave a bonus I guess in Petro and the day I I have the <laughs> The meetup, I focused all my critics on the petrol. I, 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 th- I, let me, let me say, like, I was talking about how the Bolivar can work as a store of value and how it fails as a unit of account. And how it is difficult to use in a physical way, to use it as a medium of exchange, but you can use it as a digital medium of exchange. That is the the I, I think that is the first way and the favorite way to spend money here. Like I don't want bolivars, get the shit to yourself and give me my food or whatever. But that day I focused all that on the Petro and I said like it is centralized, it is a control tool, it is a sheet it it was first supposed to be built in ethereum, then it was it will be built in neo then the it it is a dash fork so it have many red flags and that day I focused all the critics on the money against the Petro and finished the meetup talking about Bitcoin and how how Bitcoin can solve many of those problems. And this is my this was my mistake. I was talking louder with some people that attend to the meetup and yeah what uh, what will you do in the night and well i don't know because I, i'm in the in a hotel near to to the um, transport station And um, well, I think that after that <laughs> after saying where where i will be well, lying where well, I will sleep that night, I exposed, I over myself. <laughs> and that was the first time that I feel really threatened because in the morning of the next day, I had to say functionary, say is like a... Uh, um, intelligence agency that is the uh, also a political uh, police <laughs> so two motherfuckers <laughs> of that in my hotel where I was alone there was any person there. <clears throat> so <laughs> uh, I was with a, a shirt that have a Satoshi Venezuela logo <laughs> the Sevign- keep his eyes on the Satoshi logo and like try to intimidate me and after that I posted some pics on Instagram because Instagram is a hot network here in Venezuela more than Twitter. Twitter is like for English speakers and maybe nerds and weirds um, as many uh, of the Twitters are but here, Instagram is the main way to connect with people. So I posted a pic and this motherfucker <laughs> comment me like, uh, you look like you're high, you look like you are in drugs, uh, you look like we can take you and make some danger to you and shit like that. And, well, I have... Uh, I have a protocol in these cases because, you know, we have this regime and these things and I activated that. I write the person so I have to communicate. It it doesn't scale, but the, it was the first time like I feel really threatened because of what I think or what I said about Bitcoin
0: and about cryptocurrencies here. So. All right. So to summarize, you went to an event where you criticized the Petro and said that it's a bad store of value and a unit of account that's terrible and a bad unit of exchange and secret service agents followed you to the hotel and they threatened you and they said they would frame you because you could possibly be on drugs or something. No, and that they, was their No, they didn't follow tactic.
1: me. They didn't follow me. They appear in the morning of the next day, <laughs> like, to try to intimidate me. But yes, basically. And I didn't attend to uh I organized it so... <laughs> that was some of the politic policia that were there, no?
0: Well, that's risky, you know, because you have no guarantee that your civil rights will be respected and in the event that you get imprisoned, you get a fair trial. I mean, I don't think you can take these privileges for granted. So, I think you have been very courageous and you are, if you keep on doing this, because it's very likely that they're listening to this call and they're very much cautious about what you're doing because your knowledge is a threat to what they're trying to establish.
1: Yes. And well, I I will, I will make as many meetups as we can do after the COVID uh quarantine but uh yeah it's it's kinda risky but it's not that that big maybe in Aragua that is the state where Maracay is the capital city. Uh maybe it's because Aragua is a really a really weird state they they have many issues with drugs, with gangs uh, That is a wild state. I don't think that I want to go there and talk about this again. Maybe I can talk about Bitcoin, simply talk about Bitcoin, because uh, you can talk about cryptocurrencies. That that is not the problem. I think that the problem is, as you said, that... The knowledge that we can share in that kind of events will be a threat to the <laughs> the project of Maduro of the Petro. So obviously, as we don't speak about that, maybe we we'll, we will be safe. But we need to criticize it. So I I always tweet against that and I always make comments on the event so we we have to make what we can so to to resist. I think that that is the way that I can help to I don't know like spread the awareness of a powerful tool. I think that is that is why I will keep doing that, even in the case with
0: these guys came okay, again. So, do you have any physical security prevention in place, just in case somebody attacks you or tries to kidnap you or do anything terrible to you? Because you obviously know too much for the average Venezuelan.
1: I have... Um... I don't have the reserve to have a very high level upset, but I have uh, a little protocol because my parents were, well, they, they were cops. So they have this kind of ways of help me to, well, you know, be safe because I don't want to be harmed at all, but. Yeah, I have some some ways to avoid the. I I don't know if I can really manage a kidnap. Uh, I don't know if I have the strength to fight that. But a physical threat, and I, I move it of the old place where I were. I'm I'm playing with that like where i where am I? Where do I receive things um where do I post speak so like I don't have as many money to spend on how how to be secure, but I have other ways to well like make a a venezuelan level of
0: sec to be safe, yeah. That's insane. And if I were you, I would be very paranoid about the fact that somebody can follow you home and possibly torture you or do bad stuff to you. So do you live alone or do you have somebody else that can be there as a witness and basically acts as the kind of protection that deters attackers? Well, I live alone,
1: but I have, as I mentioned, some ways to aware of the people if I'm in danger or and I know I know to see when things are not as usual and well I have a little politic on how we let the people go to the meetups. We have a secret place we only share the address with the people that we trust, that they can go there. So we're improving, and I, per- I'm personally improving the way uh, of how I'm moving. But I, uh, as I can feel the, maybe I can feel sometimes a kind of paranoia. But I have to keep making things, you know, because this is digital. The, they have to make their job to get me before, <laughs> before mm, because I'm not that known as many people could, could think because cryptocurrencies are really small here. It's a niche thing yet. But, well, I, I think that as we can take care, as we are aware, we Need to talk about Bitcoin. We need to talk about freedom. We need to exercise the freedom of speech, uh, even with the fact that we can be harmed because we live in this shit, you know? <laughs> we are making too much silence in many things that people don't talk about. So if we keep this quiet too, <laughs>
0: we are pocket at all (laughs) aren't you concerned that you might leave your house and the secret service might get in and check your laptops check your whatever devices you're using and possibly steal information including private keys and stuff like that um not really Uh, these guys
1: don't really know about that kind of things to look on, I don't know, maybe a treasure they will know, but we have other ways to store the keys and I don't need to have my main laptop with me or I don't have to have my main wallet with me and I have a way to maybe hide a wallet that... (laughs) I don't know. I think that the level of, of threatens will, will get higher as we criticize openly Maduro and the Petro and these things. But as far as we are only talking about Bitcoin and sharing knowledge about Bitcoin, I can manage to look like a uh, an educator, uh, I, I don't know, like a people that only want to chairs And obviously this is a main goal, but also the message of Bitcoin that is freedom, that is freedom of, of a speech, transparency, and these kind of things that we don't have in Venezuela. <laughs> and maybe mm, this is... I don't know if we can say that it's a, a philosophical way of see it. Like, I think that I'm talking about Bitcoin, but in the same way, I want to spread others' ideas. So it is connected. Like, as I can make my discourse to be in a level of knowledge that I'm only sharing things on bitcoin or how bitcoin can improve things on that things i think that i can be kind of invisible to these people they have many other threatens the fucking maduro had half a price so i think we are we are really little to them yet
0: another question that i have for you is about protecting yourself in the long term. So if you're given the chance to leave the country, to have the big escape and go somewhere else like the United States or something and live a normal life without having to fear for your own safety and without doing anything illegal when you organize Bitcoin events, would you leave the place where you are living now? Or do you think that your mission is to stay there on the ground and spread knowledge
1: i want to i wanted to move the the last year I wanted to go to Colombia but uh at the same time I'm looking that here in venezuela we we need some things like some education some some knowledge on how bitcoin can help some people and I think that I can stay here for a while. Uh, I don't I don't feel the necessity to move yet even with the fact that I'm living in a hyperinflationary country but not not like a mission but like a way to collaborate with the I think like a new social construct. Like people that can think in a critic way since they are looking things as or, or not as um, since the perception of, of a Bitcoiner that problematize money, uh, the status quo and everything like that. uh well, I I like to travel. Uh, if I can go to Evans or visit some of uh, the friends that I made talking and writing about Bitcoin, well, that will be great. But I'm here. I, I, I don't want to move to any place because I think that things could be done here, even with a crisis. A crisis is also a kind of opportunity. I think that that's not a Paulo Coelho quote. It's only a way to see how you can overcome. I I think that I'm more Nietzschean in this thing. Like I want to be the one I supposed to be. So I think that I can make that here and also can spread the word of the bitcoin gospel maybe you know
0: (laughs) right so let's get back to security for a moment and ask you something that concerns people in venezuela who want to get into bitcoin they don't know how to do it and if there is somebody out there who is in venezuela and buys his first few satoshis what kind of security advice would you give them how to store their coins Given the threat model where the government is the biggest enemy, possibly, and also how to maintain privacy, how to use cold storage, possibly, is that part of the recommendation? Okay, well, I think that we
1: have to think in a person that will be in his 20s and um, maybe late 20s. Uh, Thirties too or i think that it should be also a people that don't earn bolivars that or if he or she is earning bolivars it should be a huge amount of bolivars that you can save to exchange for bitcoin but well if you have this profile and you are getting your fears, your very, very first sets. I, th- I think that you will not have a node. It is difficult to run a node here because the connection, maybe you lost it, maybe you can synchronize the blockchain in the very first place, and so you will probably be using... A uh, SPV wallet or something like that. But if that's the case, I as I use it to do, but I don't have the way to move those UTXOs because I lost the keys. But but I as I use it to do, uh, I had an old phone with Samurai Wallet that is the wallet that i use since i get involved in bitcoin and without chip the phone must have no a sim because you can be a sim swap i i don't know if that is correct the the correct pronunciation but it already happened here it already happened with as a uh, local Bitcoin, as the source of the data that of the person that get swings seems swapped, <laughs> and yeah, you have this uh, phone. You only use it uh, in a Wi-Fi that you control, uh, because the Sebin have a a good team working in hacking this kind of connections we have known about that Mm. and well the other thing that i think that you may want to do is to get an old laptop where you can also have another wallet where you can make like uh, I don't know you you need to select one will be your main wallet but you you will be this this second one will be just uh, a false wallet like and you will copy and copy and copy the access to that in the in the laptop only in the case of you think like You are a threat to someone or maybe you can be threatened by someone (laughs) only in that case. But, well, this, this, this idea of never sharing a public address online because you are giving your privacy away and also the privacy of the people that may same use some sats and be aware with with who you talk about bitcoin because here as i said it is a niche thing too yet but you don't know with who you are talking to so we need to be yeah extra careful with that and if you have the resource, obviously you need to run a node. If you will hold in the long term, you the, the best thing that you can do is run a full node so you can validate by yourself. And if you have the money to buy the cold wallet, and but, you know, the phone, if you have a Dojo node, if you, you are you are in that in that phase, well you have the phone with Samurai and uh, dojo you you don't need that cold wallet but because the the phone is the cold wallet so <laughs> I think that if you can find a way to avoid uh, spend extra money, you can buy more SATs. so I think that that is a better way to do it. But again, this is in the case that you really have enough money to get the first sets and have that old phone or that old laptop. But yeah, it, it, that's why people think that we are rich because not, not everybody has these, these things. Even when, with the, when the phone that you have is an old S4. <laughs>
0: right. I feel like there's a lot to unpack there. You have mentioned some security recommendations for a beginning Bitcoiner in Venezuela. And the infrastructure is usually poor, so you cannot rely that you will sync your node too fast. So it might take a lot of time if you have the patience and the resources to do it. But I presume that the best options that you have are to run something like Wasabi Wallet on your PC or on your laptop and possibly try something like Samurai or like Blockstream Green on your mobile phone. I think Blockstream Green is really good because it has both Tor and that two of two multi-sig setup so it's harder to withdraw the funds without a confirmation which you receive on your email but it also requires a better internet connection i guess i I use it both uh green wallet is really great
1: but as you said maybe you don't have a great connection to get the email on time or I don't I don't recommend to set the uh, message the mobile message uh, authentication but even in that case we have problems with the (laughs) communications like the message could be with some delay but again this is only Only in the case that you really can handle these kind of things and you can spend some resource on Bitcoin.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's difficult. And I think Venezuela is among the countries that needs Bitcoin the most, but it's the hardest to access. And not only that it's hard to access, but you have to be very cautious about what you do or else you might get into a lot of trouble. And I suppose that for small amounts, it's not really worth the trouble because if you get caught and I don't know what kind of punishments you can get for getting caught that you're using Bitcoin, but if you do get caught, I presume that it's quite a big risk and you might lose your freedom and some family members might also be affected actually how does it work do you have any stories about bitcoiners who got caught
1: yeah you are yeah i have an history of a good friend of satoshi in venezuela uh, but you are supposed to not get warm because of using or spending any cryptocurrencies. Maybe you can have an extra tax of, uh, I think, like, uh, plus 20%. But that is the only punishment of being a Bitcoin uh, user. And the story of this friend is that he was jailed because of some mines or... An operation of an exchange, and the, the people that caught him didn't know about Bitcoin, and, and they think that the miners uh, have in some kind of way the dollars inside. <laughs> and it, it is funny now, but it wasn't funny at all because this friend spent some time in jail and they were very ignorant in what what they are doing and what why he was accused um yeah I think like as as a writer, as a reporter here I, I also knew about other cases of miners That was extortioned, uh, but that was like three years ago. So many of the people that were talking about Bitcoin at that time uh, do change to a very low profile person. So you don't see them on Twitter, but you know that they are mining, they have their operations here. But yeah, I think like people don't don't want to get extra risk. I think I suppose that if I can be an anonymous, <laughs> I, I will choose that, but I had to reveal my name in the first time to get people to talk to me to interview them because if you are a cartoon that is asking for an interview to a CEO of a crypto-related project, probably the CEO will ignore you. So I have to put my name there and I have to show my face and that thing. And, well, many people are, like, concerned about how you can use bitcoin in a private private way and i think that people is trying to learn about that because cryptocurrencies are becoming a normal topic in the mainstream conversation here so yeah i I think that it could it could help to people to understand other trend models i am not um the as uh, i i think that i i not as a private as i want to be but people can choose to be more private of course
0: yes so i also recommend people to be more private about themselves Possibly it's too late for the two of us, and we have exposed too much about ourselves. But it's part of trying to work in this space and also trying to educate people who may not know anything about Bitcoin. And possibly they have heard something, but to them it's so distant and so elusive. It's just something that's on the Internet, and every now and then they hear about Bitcoin Increasing in price in the news, but that's about it. And then they hear the bad news about when it crashes. And in their minds, possibly it sounds like something very risky. And to some people with whom I have spoken, acknowledging that being a Bitcoiner is something like, you know, being a drug dealer or something. Like you're in a very shady position in regards to the law. And I think they're trying here in Europe and also in the United States, they're trying to make even cash payments look shady. And they're not allowing you to travel with, with too much cash at the border. They're not allowing you to make large cash payments. So anything about a $1,000 here has to be paid through a bank account, which is dumb. You know, you you could be saving money at home to buy a laptop or something and when you go to the store and you buy the laptop they ask you oh no we cannot take your money in cash you need to go to a bank you need to deposit it and then come back to us and make a transfer which is dumb
1: here we we have many problems with cash because cash bolivars don't don't work but we have dollars as as a hyperinflationary country we have a very active uh, dollars market and you can see people spending dollars in in uh, normal livings but uh, we have many problems to uh, have change like I can I can pay six dollars because the person that will gave me the change don't have the four dollars so well but why do you why you don't get this candy or this thing and let this end like that but yeah I think that people will need to learn new ways to use digital payments we don't have not any not many of us have the has the opportunity to use things like Sele or venmo or stuff like that because you need to have some usa services but we have the crypto version of that, that is Bitcoin. So, I think that we we avoided cash already because bolivars, as I said, you only can pay the bus with that. Because on as as back in two mo two two months back, you can pay with ten bolivars. Uh, a gallon of gas but now you have to spend like five (laughs) dollars so you you can use the bolivars in cash Uh, every payments are digital we have something like it's called a pago mobile that connects by the cell phone every each bank account so you don't have the problem of transferring for a bank to another like you don't have to wait the day or the 12 hours to get the money but again you are giving away your information you are giving your number (laughs) and you can be seen swapped with your phone number so as we are learning other ways to use money in a cashless way, we are facing the problems of an inept government trying to
0: make that happen. So are SIM swaps really not necessarily popular, but common in Venezuela? Is it likely for you to have your SIM swapped? Not
1: many common, but there are some cases, and the problem is that it seems like it is a uh, internal work like some someone inside the company the uh, the phone provider is helping the attacker to get the information, so it is to be careful <laughs> in how we share our phone number because people is trying to make money <laughs> and as many of the payments are becoming digital as you are using things like selling and you are sharing info by whatsapp or maybe by email so you are exposing yourself to be a threat a, 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 See, like be threatened to be robbed or
0: swim it, as I said. Yeah, I, I like to think of Lightning as being a massive improvement in terms of privacy. Possibly the transactions will not always be cheap, but they will always be fast and they will always be private. So would you say that the growth and development of the Lightning Network will support Bitcoiners in Venezuela to maintain their privacy and therefore the security of their coins. Because an invoice doesn't show how much you own. And the system with Lightning is designed to allow for a greater amount of transaction privacy, but is only auditable from a network perspective to check your IP, to check your device and stuff like that?
1: Well, uh, uh, we, we, we had uh, Elizabeth Stark in a live stream in one of our meetups. So we are really interested in Lightning Network as a project. And I personally really interested in it to Succeed not only because it will be really fast to move money, but because it will be really great and more private as we are using today Bitcoin. And yeah, I think that many people will... will. I think that as you get down in the rabbit hole, as you get more concerned on how you need to use and improve your use of bitcoin obviously you will see in lightning an interest and a great option like like a, a way to maintain or or improve your privacy because you can send an invoice like is that the string of numbers and letters and not as you make with the main chain, like you share that and people can see everything on how you are moving your sets. But I think that many people is trying to learn. On how to use Bitcoin first. And. Yeah. I'm excited about Lightning. But I don't think. Like it will be. The door. To many of other users. I think that. They will need to get down. In the rabbit hole. To understand. This. This way of. Improve the privacy because it is a very new technology to many of people here even with the fact that it have 11 years not so much people knows anything about it or how it, it works or anything like that so yeah lightning would help a lot but i think that it will be as 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 it is designed a second layer, like a second option, like people will look on to use in a more private way.
0: Now, I'm not saying that you should tell me if you're running a Lightning node, but is it possible to run a Lightning node in Venezuela? And is there distribution for products like a Raspberry Pi or even for... Node companies like the nodal. I think the Casa doesn't do nodes anymore, but can you get one in Venezuela?
1: As I said, we have a a secret place that is the place of one of our great friends that are the Bit Brothers Venezuela, that are two great Bitcoiners that help Satoshi in Venezuela to organize the. Last meetups here in Caracas, and they are running a lightning node. They have a internet service uh, that they run as they their business, so they have all the means to make it. So, yeah, you can run a full node. You can roll a run a lightning node here if you have the the means of do so. And if, if you, we can receive things, uh, um, we have a new law. I think like it have only like a year, a uh, year and a half. Uh, like you have very cheap importation, So maybe a miner will be problematic. But stuff like a Raspberry, a Node, or things like that, you can handle to make it through Venezuela without problems. And, yeah, the, the main problem will be if you are in Europe or maybe in Asia. But if you are in the States, it will be really easy to make that because we have a new fever of of uh, products of the us and i think that it will be hard to run a node or even a bitcoin or Lightning node if you don't have a way to get a stable connection because the main the main internet service is a public one that is Kantebe and the other options are not that good in in means of infrastructure because they don't have uh, yeah, they don't have the same connections but Kantebe is a disaster <laughs> so even the bigger option here is a great disaster but if you Manage a way to find a stable connection, and you connect the PC directly to the modem. Maybe you can improve your connection. But again, it is possible. <laughs> it ha- it's hard. It's really hard, but it is possible with with patience, <laughs> with the right tutorials and taking in mind that you need to see if your PC will support or will run enough the, the node or if it will burn. So you need to to get, uh, I think, like a really particular, really special set of things, but it is possible, as as I said, (laughs) to run
0: a node aligning and a full Bitcoin node too. Uh, It's definitely impressive that you're able to manage to be a Bitcoiner in a country that discourages it by poor infrastructure and by political decisions that pretty much make you be much more compliant it's still an authoritarian regime i'm not sure which degree of freedom you still have and to which extent it has gotten better in recent years the hyperinflation is still terrible but it's impressive and i would like to congratulate you for doing everything that you're doing there in caracas in venezuela And as you said, you're also traveling to other cities to do your meetups and become an educator for other Bitcoiners or aspiring Bitcoiners. I think you're doing a good job. I think you're very brave because you're going against your regime and you know that you have had previous experiences where you have been followed and you have been scrutinized and you had to answer to questions about what you're doing, and you also spoke your mind very directly about the Petro. So in regards to that, I'm proud of you, and I'm happy that we did this interview. And take care of yourself there. And in the end, I have this message for you, and it's, Javier eras un gran hombre y me gustaría agradecerte. ...que te tomes tu tiempo para hacer hasta en- entrevista? Interview? Is that how you say it? Yeah, entrevista. Okay. <laughs> I-, I feel like I could have done better, but I'm not going to try again <laughs> It was first take.
1: Yeah, thanks a lot Vlad. It it is a great pleasure. It was a really great convo with you. Thanks for having me. And I think that I'm not doing anything special that is only the thing that Bitcoin did in the very beginning like against every every with everything against you, you can become a global trend like Bitcoin is today. I don't want to become a global trend, but I think that I can help. So if I can make so, I'm really cool with that. <laughs> so thanks a lot for your kind words, and we will do in these meetups. Please follow us at Satoshi, E N V C L A and Crypto Bastardo with an I. Instead of uh, why, <laughs> and yeah, thanks a lot for having me. I really appreciate your work. Your podcast is really cool, and thanks, my friend.
0: <laughs> oh, thank you, but I, I have to mention. So Satoshi in Venezuela, you said that it's S A T O S H I E. Yeah, exactly, as uh, Satoshi,
1: but. The Twitter handle is E N V C L A, like Venezuela, the short way to set Venezuela. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and your crypto bastardo, but with C R I instead of Y. Yeah. C-R-I-P-T-O-B-A-S-T. A R G O. Yeah, because in Spanish we have this
1: way, and yeah, Bastardo is my last name. Is <laughs> it's, it's not a makeup? <laughs> it is really my last name. I'm Javier Bastardo, and
0: thanks for having That's me. That's really cool. <laughs> if I could choose a last name, uh, it would be. Does it mean the same thing as in English? Yeah, of course. <laughs> I mean, that's badass. You are born with a badass name and you're doing something badass there in Venezuela. And keep it up, man. Yeah, thanks a lot, my friend. I will keep it up. And I hope that the
1: people that listen to, the, to this and want to help us in some way, that you can visit the website that we have, Satoshi in Venezuela, as it said, satoshienvenezuela.com. And you can see what we are doing. And if you want to help us in some way, you, we don't need money. Okay. You can give some money, but if you can help us with things that will help people to use Bitcoin in a more private way, that will help people to use Bitcoin with low connectivity, or maybe you can help people here to develop. I don't know, like a mesh network or any other solution. We are really open to discuss that. And yeah, thanks a lot, my friend.
0: Yeah, I was just loading your website to see how it works. I see that the servers must be slow because it takes a while for it to load, but I'm actually curious to see what you're up to. I should have checked it before, but I did the background check on you, not on Satoshi in Venezuela. But it it looks like a nice website. And would you say I need to clarify this? Would you say that donations in terms of items for Bitcoiners, like hardware wallets and open dimes and cold storage metal plates and stuff like that, would they be useful for you to promote education and spread adoption?
1: Yeah, it will totally useful. We receive donation of books. Books are our treasure. If you can donate any Spanish book, it will be really cool, or an English one too, because we gave the a book in each meetup. Uh, we are giving away a a copy of the Jan Pritzker uh, Inventing Bitcoin book. And yeah, uh, the Bitcoin Rabbi gave us some of his books Uh, we get some treasures and uh, we gave them away and we show the winners of those how to set them and if we can have a, a note it will be great because we can show the note in the meetups or something like that and yeah we are really open to any donation that we can share with others and we, or we can show others how
0: that works. So, yeah, that will be cool too. Yeah. Yeah, thank you very much. I see you also have a nice Instagram account. I'm looking at it now. And you have pictures from meetups. And aren't you people concerned that the Secret Service is watching these pictures?
1: Yeah, but uh, (laughs) I'm putting my face in this, you know, Uh, the very first person that I spoke about Satoshi in Venezuela was, I think that Russell O'Connor of Bitcoinese. And that Mm -hmm. night I was really clear in my main goal that is get enough money to move my ass to make Bitcoin meetups. So If I can make one Bitcoin meetup, I will make it and I will show how it was and I will post many pics as I can to spread the awareness and maybe to, you know, make people want to make something like that or something better, copy the project and rename it to Roger Bear fucking cash, I don't know, like. But I think that, yeah, they they know my face. <laughs> they if if I will be a a target, I don't I I don't feel like I I like I'm a target. But in that case, well, I <laughs> they have enough information. <laughs> they will have to drive and
0: look where the fuck am I? <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, that that's kind of scary. But I wish you best of luck and stay safe there because you never know what happens in these crazy regimes. Yeah, yeah. This is not a
1: a call to the people to uh take risk because of Bitcoin or because of nothing but is more like well we need to stand on what we are doing and I think that Satoshi in Venezuela could help others and it helped me to learn on how people is uh, thinking on Bitcoin or how they perceive this technology or how they think this could improve their lives or if they don't give a shit about bitcoin so it helps help i think that it helped me to understand better how we as a a laboratory a kind of the country where the most popular local bitcoin is in latin america is venezuela so we are a kind of laboratory uh so this helps me to understand the better how how the things could be upgraded or yeah, but the only way that I have to make that is by myself, like going to the places, showing my face and again I don't think like like people need to, to expose many information about how they use or uh, share or anything about Bitcoin. But as I'm already on it, so I don't like
0: to stop in any way, you know. Right. So thank you very much, Javier. And I hope we will talk some other time and discuss what has happened in the meantime. And take care of yourself all the time. Uh, If I were you, I would be much more concerned. Well, Vlad, thanks a lot for having me. Thanks a lot for
1: the opportunity. And I hope the best to you. And well, let's get
0: over the quarantine. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's most important. So talk to you later. Thanks, Frank. See you.